Welcome to the Five Star Life Show, your home for content related to education, parenting, and changing wrong mindsets so you can live a five-star life. I'm your host, Coach Seth. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio with the incredible Coach Mia, my co-host. I'm back, and they didn't take my seat away <laughs> from Coach Brandon. Uh, last week, I was the co-host. I heard. I know. You did great. Did you listen? I did. So, and obviously, Producer Brandon, you're back to being a Producer Brandon again. Yeah. You're no longer the co-host. I'm comfortable back here. It's okay. You're okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Last week was a great show. Um, Today is going to be a great show. And if you just tuned in, you're like, what is Five Star Life Radio all about? Go to our website, fivestarlife.org. Um, we are we're on a mission to change uh, the face of education, of sports, of culture. Um, when you when you look at and think about the culture that we live in, it just it's so evident. So many levels and so many levels, it's toxic. Uh, it's not working. It's not functioning. And rather than just talk about the problems and uh, complain about it, 18 years ago, we decided to do something about it. We formed Five Star Life. We're on a mission. We're doing some incredible things, working with tens of thousands of kids uh, a week. And um, that's growing. Learn more at fivestarlife.org. But today, we wanted to dive into talking about, um, and this is me, me picked the topic today. <laughs> Mia, what are we talking about today? Laziness. Mm-hmm. So, uh, laziness um, is is tough. We have uh, probably when I talk to educators, when I talk to, I just got out of a meeting, uh, we work with detention centers, and one of the biggest challenges um, kids face um, is just being unmotivated. Um, they, they are disengaged from school, often disengaged from life. And, and that's a, that's a real problem, but, but on an adult level, it's so easy to be disengaged in, in, in this world. And when you think about your overall health, just being a healthy individual, um, we live in a world that seems to be trying to kill us, <laughs> right? With the diseases and the viruses and, uh, the it, food. yeah, the food, it, it's just, um, the air, it seems like every time you turn around, there's a new article or new report about some level of toxicity. And so health is a big deal. And I learned years ago, you got to take ownership of your health. You got to be your own doctor. You know, being proactive is important. But one of the keys to ruling your health and really taking that part of your life um, seriously and not just waiting uh, and being reactive, but being proactive it, it is really starting to think about, um, you know, how you can make sure you're not letting uh, laziness um, or fatigue or whatever cause you just to check out and be a reactive person when it comes to your health. I think that the word lazy, I really don't like that word because it's overused, number one, and people are categorized as lazy and they truly aren't. You know, you said before that's disengaged or there there are reasons sometimes that you don't engage and it doesn't mean that you just are lazy. 
But I, I also think that lazy sometimes is good. You know, on a Saturday, it's like, I want to be lazy. I just want to like chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. That's a, that's a good point because we don't want to be lazy. We view that not as a positive thing. So a lazy Saturday, a lazy Sunday, um, like relaxation, right? Rest. Um, but we put everything, to, kind of like last we talked about love. Um, we, we put love and laziness, we put these terms that should be better broken down specifically. And it's like laziness, like no, rest, renewal, rejuvenation. Um, the, the laziness, I, when you think of laziness, Brandon, what, do you, what comes to your mind? I mean, it's a, it seems like a negative term. I, I think of someone just like not doing things or holding back or in some way, like you're, if you're lazy, like you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. But if I have a lazy Saturday, I'm all for lazy Saturdays. And mm-hmm. Just, But that's more of, it's rest and re- relaxation. Mm-hmm. So I think laziness is like a broad blanket term that we just put on someone who maybe they're relaxing or maybe they're just not doing something, but. I think it has kind of a negative connotation with it. See, I, I had, I'm like on the other end of the spectrum. I, I had, I had to teach myself how to like rest and not feel guilty. I'm one of those people, right? And there's a lot of people listening that are wired that mm-hmm. same way. You feel guilty when you feel like you're being lazy if you're not doing something, which is a problem. It's like a sickness, right. just as much as true laziness is a form of sickness, right? I mean, sitting around doing nothing um, for hours and hours and hours, and then it leads to days and then weeks, like that's a problem. Taking a day of rest and even every day having some restful periods is healthy. That's how you, that, that's a form of discipline. So rest and rejuvenation is a form of, of actually discipline, right? Freedom and rest and relaxation, you know, is the true, I think. Definition. What do you mean by that? Well, the not having the guilt, like like allowing yourself to rest and allowing yourself to relax, um, it, you know, allowing yourself to have a piece of chocolate and not feel guilty. Yes. You know, I mean, I, we yeah. put so much pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. um, to fit into this, you know, norm or this, I don't know, lifestyle that we think we should be in. But it's okay to have that stuff. Right. It's a great point. I think it's hard to find that balance, though, of what is me being too lazy or not doing enough or just Mm -hmm. sitting around and never doing anything. And then what's me being a workaholic and then finding that day to take off or take some relaxation. Mm -hmm. I think finding that balance is sometimes hard because one end of the spectrum, the person who is a workaholic won't stop working because when the second they do stop working, they feel lazy or they're thinking about what else they could get done. But then you have the other end of the spectrum of, I'm not doing anything. And that person's probably truly what we would define as lazy, maybe, undisciplined. Yeah, and I've found that like sometimes it's good for me just to lay on the couch. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I'm an active person. So like for me, it was finding things that were a change of pace right. that were rejuvenating and were a form of rest. So like we talked last week quite a bit about me being a smoker. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm really into smoking, Mia. <laughs> so I talked about how I, I got to change how I say that. So talking about like smoking meat, right? Oh. So like a, a wood smoke, long-term cooking at low temperatures, right? It's just fun. So I've kind of dove into that. 
and it's become this new hobby of mine, like on the weekends or when I'm, I'm taking some time off, where I have something to do that's fun. So food preparation is a part of me resting. So like making waffles for my family or, or you know, slow cooking a brisket for 15 hours. Like to me, I feel like so, like I'm just chilling. Right. But yet I'm doing something and it's fun. I'm checking it and I'm, it, that, that to me is, is a, a form of, of rest and rejuvenation. It's the, I know that's super weird, but it, <laughs> I think your I think your mind's kind of at ease when you're doing that Con, comparing it to probably working here, you're researching, you're, you're having all these conversations and then you go and, and work on smoking some meat. It's a little bit more mindless to you. Right. I would imagine. Yeah. I think just a change of pace and just, I don't know. It's just one of those weird things, I think. But finding the different things that you can do, same thing, like um, uh, I feel better when I'm working out. So I'm actually pushing my body more. But when I work out consistently, which I've done for a long time, I feel better. But when I'm traveling, which people who travel, it's so it's the hardest thing in the world to try to figure out workout routines and all that stuff. Mia, you have to figure that out. Um, you, you've, you can address that better than I can. But getting out of routine, it's amazing how even though you may spend less time physically pushing your body, you feel more fatigued. It's the weirdest thing. You know, too, as you say that, there's kind of like a physical laziness and then a mental laziness. I'm probably more guilty of mental laziness sometimes than physical. <laughs> I don't know, maybe there's not a difference, but when you said that, I was like, part of like traveling is for me is a mental laziness. Like I don't want to push myself because, oh, I'm traveling. I have all the excuses. I can physically do it. You know, I've done this for so many years. It's not like I'm too tired, but mentally I'm like, oh, the thought of trying to come up with a workout and a gym that I know, you know, I'm a yeah, it's, it's the mode. It's your mindset. Mm-hmm. Okay, before the break, we got a break here, but I want to give a definition for the rest of our conversation as we talk about laziness. Here is, um, here is the definition we're going to use. Laziness is defined as the quality of being unwilling to work or use energy. Idleness. Okay, that, that's going to be the definition we're going to go from uh, for the rest of this program. Uh, on, on the break, at the break, go to our website if you're not driving, fivestarlife.org. Get involved, volunteer, donate, bring Five Star Life and its resources to a school near you. Did you know that you can bring the values, lessons, and mindsets Coach Seth discusses on the Five Star Life podcast to your local community? Schools are searching for programs and content that work. Just a simple introduction to your teacher or principal could be a game changer in your community. Inquire at fivestarlife.org and someone from our team will be in touch. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio with Coach Mia. And Coach Brandon. Mia just won't let you forget me. I won't. That's right. (laughs) You're in this. Coach Brandon is in the house. Yes. Running the controls, making sure we're on point. So I, I, at the break, I, I just defined laziness is defined as the quality of being unwilling to work or use energy, idleness. Um, at the time of this recording, it's, it's shortly after the, the, the new year. And so we're, we're whatever, month and a half in or so. And uh, this is the time where the New Year's resolutions <laughs> and whatever we promise we're going to do, we, we're either in the middle of it and we're like, yes, I'm on fire. Or we're like, 
yeah, I didn't get to that. It <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't happen. Um, the, the gym I work out, was just packed the beginning of January. Oh. And it's already dropped off. <laughs> you, that that was like first couple of days of January. It's like it's impossible to work out. It, it's so packed. Mm-hmm. And then you get to now, and it's it's back to normal. <laughs> Is that because you're working out now, Brandon? Is that what's going on? You you go to the gym or? <clears throat> uh, no, I just work at a fitness place most of the week, so <laughs> I can see what happens. <laughs> there you go. So so um, research says we're lazy like the definition of being unwilling to work or use energy, being idle, that's what laziness is. Laziness is not going on a vacation, not sitting down to read a book, not having a, having a drink on the patio, not hanging out with friends. It's the when you're unwilling to work, use energy, you're idle. That's what we're talking about here. Research says that we're lazy, according to that definition, um, for a couple of reasons. It's because we lack purpose or we lack discipline. So any of the areas of our lives where we, we maybe haven't moved forward, I think there's less and less. I think I'm not around a lot of lazy people, right? None of us are probably around a lot of lazy people by this definition. But probably a lot of us feel like because we know maybe the things we want to do, and the things we hope to aspire to. So we all probably feel a little bit lazy in an area or two, but it's not like classic laziness by definition, but it's like there's an area I'm neglecting because I just haven't had the de- discipline to do it. Or there's something we aspire to, but we, we haven't defined a clear purpose for it yet. So we're not motivated. So kids who do really well in school do really well in school because they have a clear, like most of the kids that, our straight A students, it's because they're trying to go to college. Like the purpose is I'm going to college. I'm very cognizant that everything I'm doing is going to be on a transcript and that that's the key to getting into the college that I want to go to. And for some kids, I don't have the means. So college scholarships, big deal. That's my ticket. So it's purpose. Purpose gives them discipline. For me, when I was a kid, basketball. That was my purpose. I wanted to play college basketball. So that gave me the discipline I needed to work out consistently and do some things at a purpose. Did you have that, like, what? how old were you when you started to have that purpose? Gal, I, I was probably eight, nine years old when I was like, I want to I want to play mm-hmm. college basketball. I think that's normal, though, like, to be in that, be in that age level and be like, I want to play College basketball, I want to be a professional basketball player. And maybe you were not professional, but to have that mindset of, I want to play college basketball, I think is kind of normal. To dream. ton of kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. ton of kids want to play college sports, pro sports, whatever. And so that purpose, if, and this is great for parents, uh, my dad was a big goals person. So he was like, okay, you want to do that? What's it going to take? He didn't know what it took because he didn't play sports in high school. He was a farmer. So he, he was working the fields. He was taking care of animals. He couldn't do that. So he introduced us to coaches and just basically got, hey, this, my son wants to play college basketball. What's he need to do? And he's like, can you work, write out a workout plan? So he'd give us these workout plans and we'd just follow them. And we'd follow them religiously. So that purpose drove us to do things. And then you start to see the progress and then it's, it's kind of 
game on from there. I think that's how kids get kind of a bad rep of being uh, lazy is because they don't have somebody in their life that helps them, you know, create a plan and a, a mission kind of where they want to go. Seeing like long term, like this is where, where what I'm going to have to do to get there, that that end of the road kind of thing is kind of hard for kids to have that vision. They're very short term, I believe, for some things. I mean, in terms of like if I put in all this work now, what's going to happen years from now is hard to see. But like as a teacher, I mean, you kind of taught that. That they're like to show kids that there's there's a future and there's a path to the future, um, but I mean I'm thinking of like I mean I, grew, I had great parents, but nobody sat me down and you know it was like okay here's your goals let's let's help you get there. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like you figure it out. Yeah, and the goals are so powerful because you know you start doing these basketball uh, ball handling drills, right? So I'm in my basement and I've got this list of whatever ten ball handling drills, and you're, you're timing yourself doing these drills. And even though it's a long-term goal playing college basketball, what happens is every week you see your numbers increasing. Like you see like, I'm clocking better. I'm, I'm getting more reps in. I'm, so the what then happens is, is, is really powerful because now all of a sudden you're, you're fueled internally, not externally. There's nobody putting a carrot in front of you. You're just like, Oh, I'm getting better. And it feels to get better. Like that's that's when you start to become fully alive when you see improvement and you kind of get excited about your human potential. So yeah, you know, parents listening to this, when when your kids talk about things they want to do, it's so easy to downplay them and say, Yeah, they want to play college this or college that, or they want to play professional, and it's not gonna happen. Like statistically, it's impossible, or it's really rare. So that's nice. And you just pat them on the back and yeah, go shoot some hoops. Well, yeah, go shoot some hoops, but make keep it fun, but give them a few like strategic things they can do consistently where they can see progress. Make it very practical. Keep it fun, but drill down a little bit. And whether it's cooking, whether it's art, um, get them in some circles where they can get some expertise because we're all wired for greatness. You know, we're, we're all wired to find something that we love to do and we're brilliant at. It takes some work, it takes some discipline, but sometimes we as parents miss those opportunities because maybe we didn't accomplish what we wanted to. Uh, maybe we didn't have those people to help us. But the cool thing about Five Star is we do walk this walk kids through this process. We we walk kids through the process. We walk parents through the process. Um, j- just last night I was talking to a an incredible guy. Um, grew up in the streets uh, on the East Coast. Um, hardcore, right? Hardcore life, and um, he. He is now a stepdad and is stepped into the lives of um, two kids. He's with their mother, but he's been with her for a long time. And he's like, he's the father figure, the only father figure they know. And he was explaining how he feels like, man, they don't, they don't really treat me with respect. I'm just the stepfather. And they all long for their, their real father. And he was feeling all this resentment. And we had this great conversation 
Um, but he's kind of this hardcore, like I want them to learn how to do it right. Cause I did it wrong. And I want, and so he's all facts, all hardcore. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, you know, you're, you're trying to parent your kids and help them thrive, but you just need that one person to help give you a little direction. And I just said, man, I said, and I looked at the, his, his stepson, I said, Hey, if he were just to up and leave and move back to the West, to the East coast, how, would that affect your life? And this kid just, this teenage kid, just like, sugar said, yeah, yeah. I said, why? I said, because he's the, he, he's always been there and he's the only father figure I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And this hardcore dude was in tears. And he was, he was thinking, they don't really respect me. He, he didn't realize, like, these are teenagers. They don't communicate how they feel, mm-hmm. you know? And I just said, man, start to help him win. Start to start to have some fun with him. Instead of being all rules, all this, all that, it's like, well, I don't want to celebrate him for having bad grades or for, you know, not cleaning, doing his chores. I don't want to give him any anything good because, you know, he's not, he's not living up to my standard. I'm like, dude, um, just do good things for him because you love him. Don't make it so conditional. Like, it's a performance-based relationship right now. Yeah. Only if he performs will you... And, and that's not who you were. That's not what you want, right? He's like, no. It's like, I felt like I was lowering the bar. So sometimes as a parent, you just need to get with other parents. Because if I don't, if I don't talk to other parents or other people, I can get stuck in my own parenting bubble where I'm missing out on just one little nugget, one little thing. And um, I, I think that's super helpful as you're talking about the disciplines and thriving, living a five-star life. Oh, we're over in time. That's that's my cue. We'll be back right after this. Five Star Life is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to changing the face of culture by changing kids' mindsets. Since 2005, we've impacted hundreds of thousands of lives thanks to the generous support of individuals, small businesses, corporations, and foundations. Are you interested in helping Five Star Life grow into all 50 states? With your donation or introduction, you can help bring Five Star Life to your community, school, and state. Go to fivestarlife.org and send us an email today. That's F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R-L-I-F-E dot O-R-G. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth. I'm joined in studio with my co-host, Coach Mia, and producer, Coach Brandon. Good job. Look at that. I'm growing up. <laughs> a little bit of discipline, a little bit of coaching here from Coach Mia. A little kick under the table. No, mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we're, we're just talking about, um, you know, this idea of, of living a healthy life. And, and a part of health is having great relationships. And we talked about just this idea of laziness that holds us back from um, living a five-star life. And then somehow we got in this, this squirrel, this bunny trail, but it all ties together because to, to be a great parent and, and to really help our kids, it does take some discipline. If I don't intentionally seek out environments to touch base with other parents and bounce things off, like parents do not just offer their advice. Like you, everybody knows, like you don't just start adv- 
offering your advice to other parents. That's right. no-go land because you don't know if you want they want that or not, right? Yeah, that could be taken the wrong way probably. <laughs> yeah, let me help you with this. Um, <laughs> I got this for you. <laughs> so every grandparent, this is for you grandparents. Grandparents don't know that rule. Grandparents are the only people on the planet that don't understand like, what, Coach Seth? I'm not supposed to just give my advice to my, my children to help them raise better kids? No, you're not. You're not supposed to do that. That's, that's no-go land. You're supposed to wait until they give the in, uh, invitation. If you want to have a healthy relationship um, and some of you are like, I don't care about that. I just want to help my grandkids. And you're like, well, yeah, it's tough. So, so, but you know, if you don't, if you don't take time to seek out some people, uh, it takes some discipline to say, I- I'm going to talk to uh, this person or that person about this situation. Cause I'm just kind of stuck. It takes some discipline. I, th- I think it's hard to even reach out in general. Uh, I'm not a parent. I don't claim to be a parent, but um, to be a parent and ask for help, I think is hard. And to ask other parents for help on how to handle a situation, I think is is something that takes a little bit of bravery, or probably a little bit of discipline, where I have to kind of step up to, to ask that question. Not everyone's willing to be, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but kind of just vulnerable mm-hmm. and, and ask for that help. Yeah. And, and again, if you're a parent, I, I just kind of shredded the grandparents out there, chastised them a little bit to get them to step back a little bit. On the other side, I'm going to talk to parents, do the same thing. We, I am insane as a father. If I don't seek the advice of my mom and dad who raised us now, I have my own thoughts, my own ideas. Doesn't mean I'm going to do everything they say, but I'm insane if I don't take some of the wisdom because grandparents get to see, like they're outside the fishbowl. So the advice of grandparents is really helpful because they're out, they're not in it, they're above it. As a parent, you're in it. It's so hard to see it when you're in it. So I would just say, listen, um, yes, grandparents ask for the invitation, but parents... Uh, if you have parents in your life, like the, your kid, your kids have grandparents, you're crazy not to ask them for their input once in a while. Now, grandparents don't get offended if they don't do it, like right? It's their choice. But the fact that they're asking, if you have that relationship, kudos to you. And you know, I agree with Brandon. You kind of have to like put yourself out there to enter into this realm of asking for help. And um, but parenting's hard. And man, I mean, you can really beat yourself up, but, and I'm here to tell you, they get past the teenage years. Um, those were tough years for us, but man, it's fantastic now. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the middle of the teenage years and it, it is so much fun. Um, it, 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 it <laughs> you is, have boys. It, I have boys <laughs> and boys, whew, they are fun. Uh, do we have challenges? No question about it. Um, one of the things that uh, me and my wife talk about a lot is, and it simplifies parenting for us because there's so much shame and guilt because you get it wrong so many times. And then there's so much, so many times you just have, you're, you're kind of at a loss. Like, what do we do about this? And whenever we're there, we step back and go back to our foundation. That is, uh, we want to make sure when we're parenting, it's done in love. Whatever decisions we're making, even whatever conversations we're having, 
let's take it a step deeper, even the thoughts we're thinking about our kids, that they're rooted in love, because the alternative is that they're rooted in fear. So I'm going to have this conversation out of fear. I'm going to parent out of fear. I'm going to, I'm going to think fearful thoughts because I'm so afraid about their behavior, their attitude, whatever they're, we think the worst in a hurry. And then that sets this chain reaction in a parent. And um, that, that simple principle has helped us a lot. Just kind of take a step back, breathe, and then if you don't know what to do, you just kind of wait and just kind of think, okay, what is the loving thing to do here? Because, and this is something that I talked to that uh, that father last night about, um, who who is the stepfather. I'm like, you know what? Um, love is so powerful. And what we all long for is unconditional love. There's a time when there's discipline and rules. And I said, when's the last time you had fun together. He's like, uh, probably his birthday party. Like, when was, when was the last time you had a birthday party? He said, uh, it was a couple of years ago. Oh. I said, see, you're due. You're due for some fun. And it's, it's not rewarding bad behavior. You're just having fun because you're a fun guy. You're just giving love because you love him. You didn't deserve it. They didn't earn it. It's not conditional. It's just, we're doing this together. And again, to, to go back to this idea of love or fear, there's something so powerful when you are um, choosing to love. Kids see that. And when I step back in argumentative conflict situations with my kids, and I step back into love, and I just ask questions out of that, it, it's amazing how it just almost disarms the other person. It, it really does de-escalate everything. Um, not every time, right? <laughs> but it, it's amazing how powerful because I'm like, I, this happened just in the last couple weeks. We're having this confrontational conversation because they are boys, but they're teenage boys and they got some testosterone. So they all are, they're feeling pretty powerful, right? So I said, uh, we're in this argument and I said, okay, so do, do you want to argue with me? Is that what you want? I mean, do we want to argue? What's the real issue? And what, what can I do right now? Like, what, what can I do right now in this conversation? And it's amazing how that does disarm and just cause them to step back and like, and they're like, oh, and they, they stand up. No, no. Do you want to argue? Or can we have a conversation? And what do I need to change to have a conversation? Mm. Do we need to take a break? What do you want to do? And it's amazing. You can see in their eyes like, okay, I don't like this guy right now. The guy cares about me. Like I can tell he cares. And to me, that's a win. When they know I care, that's going to be a connection. And then they're going to make a decision. Do I want to um, just give in to this frustration, this anger? Or do I want to really think about this and have a conversation? Like what kind of a son do I want to be? What do I want in this relationship? Then they get to choose. Can't choose for them. <laughs> I'm like, what would I have done? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But you are you are you're seasoned at uh, relationships, and uh, you're very good in those situations. Yeah the the process to even think and slow down and and reframe it and kind of 
de-escalate it like that is I think that's tough and it takes a it's almost being masterful and like relationship building to kind of have that thought process in terms of let's wait a minute here and do we really want to have this argument is this really what we want to do I think that's that's a big step in in relationships but what I'm saying is the foundation of it is mm-hmm. is this is this what I'm what I'm saying right now how I'm hangless is this love or is this fear right that simple question helps me it instantly causes you to this is fear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is fear of his attitude. This is fear of his actions. This is fear that I'm going to lose him. This is, it's fear, 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 fear. And so when you're in fear, it's just like, okay, what's love? Okay. I care about this kid. How can we have this conversation? What do I need to change? Right. It's, it's simple, right? It really is simple. Maybe not easy, but simple. All right. We're going to take a break and come back after this. Five Star Life offers year-round programs for kids at our 350-acre training facility that we call Summit. These programs focus on three core components. First, each program includes lessons from our curriculum that targets kids' mindset. Secondly, each program teaches a skill like equine, archery, blacksmithing, basketball, fishing, boating, and many more. Thirdly, our programs connect kids to mentors we call coaches who are trained to help kids live a five-star life. Go to 5starlife.org to learn more or sign up your kids. Welcome back to the 5 Star Life Show. Coach Seth here in studio with Coach Mia and Coach Brandon. And uh, Mia, talk to us a little bit. What are your thoughts? I've been all over the board. We talked, (laughs) started out this this show talking about, you know, laziness and, and, you know, the importance of discipline. And then we went off on this tangent and we're talking about parenting. And, uh, but I think it all ties together. I do too. And, I really feel like these things that we're talking about, and um, as a person, you have to decide to, am I going to, you know, any relationship, is it going to be out of love or is it going to be out of fear? I mean, I've really had to learn that and take a step back. I'm someone that in the moment I, I just shut down because I'm, I'm like, I, I, I need quiet. I need time where you are able to still talk and, you know, process. And I think that's, it is a skill, and it's. Um, I love watching you, and I've learned a lot from you. But it's so helpful to be aware of that. Yeah, being self-aware is huge, and one's not better than the other. But knowing yourself is so important, so that you, and, and that's where you insert discipline. Once you're aware of your tendencies in those conversations with your kids or coworkers or whoever, if you want to have healthy relationships, it, it is then inserting some discipline to say, okay, I know myself, and. I can feel my blood pressure boiling. So I'm going to have to just say, you know what? I, I need to pause. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to pause for a second. Can we come back and revisit this? And um, and then you come back to it. That takes some discipline. It, it also takes, um, going back to this, this father I was talking to last night, this guy is such an incredible person. He's got such wisdom and, and he's such a good person. He's a deep thinker. Um, but again, being exposed to our five select program is just, it, it's kind of given him some new thoughts and some new ideas because he, he grew up with kind of hardcore, harsh, hard lines. It's a hill to die on. This is how it is, right? Tough love. And that worked for him. But I said, listen, 
there's different ways that people receive love in in relationships. So maybe for you, it's like, yeah, well, he, he doesn't need to tell me he loves me, I mean, even though he was in tears when the sure. kid said, you know, uh, he, I don't need those words. I just want actions. I want to clean his room. I want a good grades. That, that. I said, well, that's because that's your love language. When people do something to show you something, some people, that's love. To other people, they need words of affirmation. Some people, they need gifts, little things. Could be a piece of gum, could be a cup of coffee, gifts. For others, it's, it's literally just quality time. You know, just, just having time with them. And so it, it's finding, and, and again, this takes discipline. And I said, are you willing, are you willing to find out how the people in your family your, your, your significant other and your kids, are you willing to invest the time to discover how they receive love? Because you've got a lot of love. You care. You're committed. You've been there for 12 years, raising them, loving them, supporting them. You don't feel loved. They don't feel loved. And it's not because they're not loved. It's because you're not speaking their love. They're, they're, the love language. You're speaking different languages. So if you can learn what they respond to, um, it's a it's an absolute game changer. They might need just a little, a little, a little hug. He's like, "My, we don't. I don't do that. I don't do that." I said, "Well, <laughs> you might need to, because for some people, I talked about all these love languages. Uh, a great book by Gary Smalley, the five love languages. The last one I left out was just physical touch. Some people love is putting your hand on their shoulder, giving them a hug. So we're all wired different. Mm-hmm. It's easy to forget that." how I receive love and how you receive love is completely different that for me, it might be acts of service, but for you, it may be a gift or maybe just physically uh, words of affirmation. So physically saying it, it's easy with your, it's probably especially the parent kid relationship to realize that, well, maybe the parent is it's acts of service, seeing that they're doing the chores and doing all these things around the house. But for the kid, it's maybe words of affirmation or it's these other, these other uh, word or love languages, and it's I think it's easy to forget that that we all have these different ways that we receive love and and kind of accept it. Well, and, and again, going back to this conversation with this with this dad, um, I, I I encourage him to work on being a better receiver. Oh yeah, I said just just because you didn't grow up with hugs and words mm-hmm. of affirmation doesn't mean that doesn't impact you. I personally, I personally believe we need all five. We may love certain ones more, but if you want to live a, a five-star life, you, one of the things that we, we are horrible at is being receivers, B- being recipients of love. And I think the more we can open ourselves up to those things, when you can receive then you can give because when you know how good it feels to receive, it's like, man, I can just, if I just say these words or if I just, you know, th- this appropriate touch or if I, this act, whatever it is, it's amazing how much fun it is. And now we're really off topic. <laughs> Let's bring it home off topic. <laughs> now you're talking about operating at a totally different level. You know, there's been so many songs written about all the world needs is love. And it's so cliche, but it's so true. And if you can walk in love, now that's the greatest discipline, right? To walk in love. That everything you do 
is all about love and giving. Now it changes your friendships. It changes your health because when you're in love, you can't be bitter. <laughs> you're right. You, you can't be irritated when you're in love, right? It, it, it's just, it be, and now you're talking about internal mental health, spiritual health, physical health. Everything starts to click together and that's pretty powerful. You know what, too, when we were talking about love languages, we all have them. Um, I think people can help you find other, like even your own kids' love language. Like my grandkids, they all love to be touched and get their back scratched. But I didn't do that. That came from their other grandma, you know? And it, and I can be bitter and be like, you know, that they like her touch better. No, they just love touch. So I can, you know, piggyback off of what she learned. And, you know, it's a great thing. Yes, and you could miss that if you're close-minded, mm-hmm. right? And it's interesting because that that whole laziness, it's its choosing to be uh, unwilling to do the work, idle. So it's not just sitting on the couch. It's saying, I'm not going to do the work of rubbing my, my grandkids back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be idle. I'm going to stay where I am. And so there's these little ways that laziness sneaks in that we don't really classically think about it that are actually true laziness. Right, being unwilling to speak someone's love language or to learn about what they respond to, but it's a key to great relationships. Mm-hmm. And it all goes back to you know it living and operating out of love, because you care enough to find out what makes them tick or what you know how they operate. Yeah. So this program has been totally hijacked by <laughs> by Coach Seth's. Uh, I'm totally biased because that's my word for the year: love. So somehow it, everything I talk about right now is coming back to love because that's kind of my goal right now. That my my word for the year is love. Um, you brought it back full circle though. We started talking about uh, are you meeting your resolutions? We're we're hitting that point where people either are bought in or they're not, and it, Seth is bought into this idea of love. Amen. Thank you for that, Brandon. <laughs> is that your love language? <laughs> Words of affirmation. I like it all. I like hugs. I like gifts. Uh, uh, yeah, just uh, I'm a I'm a good receiver. No, when you were talking about earlier, like living in love and 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 giving, one thing I thought about that kind of came to me is this idea that when you live that way, it's not it's good because you're it's not about you necessarily. Like every if you're living in love and you're living in this way that you're giving, the focus isn't necessarily on just you. You're making things better because you're, you're, you're a giver. You're giving things, you're doing things for other people because you want to, not because you have to. Which with the mental health crisis we have in our country, um, the, the, to simplify, we put way too much emphasis on ourselves. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to balance this out with, you have to work on yourself. You have to develop yourself. You have to be intentional with your thoughts. You, you have to manage those things. Like that's what we teach. We teach all those things. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, one of the most powerful, the most therapeutic, there's this, this high level psychologist that as he was finishing his practice, he was a renowned uh, psychologist and psychiatrist worked with people. They said, give us in a nutshell, what you've learned over your 60 year career. What would you tell people that are struggling with depression, anxiety? I would, he said, I would tell them to walk out their front door, lock the door, walk to the other side of town and go do something for somebody else. 
his whole point was what you just said, Brandon. When you get your eyes off of yourself, that's where you start to come alive. We wear ourselves like a blanket. Bitterness, anger, self-pity, all these things, fear, we wrap those things around. When you start to get your eyes on somebody else, it's almost like you're taking that cloak off and you're thinking about somebody else. That's good. I mean, you think about the time of year around like Thanksgiving, Christmas, when that's when all of us are all thinking about like giving and doing all these things for other people. It's usually a pretty peaceful time, but then we kind of shut it off once we get to January, February, kind of forget about that the rest of the year. And I, I just think that's, I mean, if we can have that mindset all year, just how much, how powerful that could be. Absolutely. It's the key to living a five-star life. Are we good on time? We're done. It's time. Yep. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Go to fivestarlife.org. At Five Star Life, we are changing the face of culture through education and sports by changing the most important piece of a human being's life, their mindset. If you are interested in being a part of our journey, please visit fivestarlife.org for more information on volunteer and donation opportunities.